God's presence is here in the room. Can you feel him? Lord Jesus, as we continue to worship you, we just keep inviting you in to this place. Just say the name Jesus out loud. Jesus. You're our only hope, Jesus. You're all we need to get through the challenges and the difficulties that we face in life. And we pray as we continue to worship you through the truth of your word that you would meet with us, that you would remove any distraction from our mind and those to the left or those to the right and you'd help us to zone right into what you desire to say to us and through us today for our healing and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to week two of our series, We cranked off last week called Give It a Rest. And I just got to ask you, could any of you in here today use a little more calm in your life? Could anybody, okay? Well, that'd probably be all of us if we were honest, you know, we could use some calm because there's so much going on in our lives today. And last week when we kicked off the series, we, we looked at the question, why rest? And we broke down what rest was, what it wasn't, and we talked about its value to our life. We, we simply defined it as, as rest being a time when we cease activity, when we observe, and then we worship. We cease activity, we observe, we look at God's blessings, and we worship God. And God modeled rest to us in Genesis after he finished creating everything. And so he's our greatest role model. And today, we're going to look at the rest you've been missing I'm sure you're probably thinking right here, I already know the rest I've been missing, okay? So we're gonna define that today. We're gonna look at seven areas of rest and break that down and look at an action step or two for each one where we can begin to replenish some of those areas in our life. And I really believe that God's desire is to meet with us. And next week, we're going to be looking at the gifts of rest and really creating for ourselves an action step plan to obtain a well-rested life. Yes, I believe that we can obtain a well-rested life. Does it mean we're gonna be perfect? Of course not. We're still gonna struggle and we're gonna make mistakes, but we can be rested in ourselves to be able to pursue and complete God's purpose for us in our life here on earth. And last week's talk, you can, you can hear it from our website or from our YouTube channel or even from our app if you have our church app and tune in on that. So I wanna encourage you to do that. But right now, I, I just wanna encourage you to get something to take some notes on, maybe take some pictures of some of the screens, um, get a note page, something to write on. What we see here and do, we're gonna retain so much more. So welcome back, because it's time for us to begin to recover our life, because we need that. You know, here's what I've come to learn in my own personal journey that fear always comes, unex- always comes with unexpected change. In each one of these weeks, we're breaking down the life of Elijah. We're looking at the fact how Elijah was an ordinary person, just like you and I, that God used to do extraordinary things. And when we look at where he's mentioned in 1 Kings, we hear nothing about his family line. He was an ordinary person. He didn't come from a lot of wealth or or big name people. He was a normal person like you and I. He had ups and downs. He had peaks. He had valleys. He faced challenges in his life. He had weaknesses like we have weakness, and he had strengths. And yet God used him to do great 
things. And so we're going to look at that. Matter of fact, let's just recap 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. And we looked at these verses before. We see in verse 3, after, after God used Elijah to do these great things, then all of a sudden he got really low. You know what's so common in our lives that after we experience a peak, a high somewhere, maybe something at work, maybe something even spiritual in your life, it's not uncommon to face a valley or a challenge. So we see here in Elijah, um, in 1 Kings 19, verse 3, Elijah was, what's it say there? Afraid. You ever been afraid before? He ran for his life. And I'm sure if you're like me, you've had some times you just wanted to run, right? I just want to get out of here. I've told Bonnie, oftentimes when I'm tired, I say, I just, I just want to go to sleep. But not because I really want to rest, but because I'm dealing with these things I'm thinking about, and I don't want to think about them anymore. Can anyone relate to that? We all have these things quirking on inside of us. Elijah, normal person like you and I, and yet he was dealing with these things. And so he ran for his life. He was scared. And when he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. He said, man, dude, you stay here. I'm out of here, okay? While he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. I mean, he was cutting a rug. He was getting out of there thinking, I got, I got to get away. And he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might what? Die. I mean, he felt like he was done. You know the great thing about God's presence is there's no place we can go on this earth or in the universe that God's presence is not already there. And God was right there with him. We're all vulnerable to believing lies when we get depleted and down or discouraged. And we got to tune in on the voice from above because the voice from below, Satan and all of his demonic forces can really come at us loud at times or even our voice from within. And a lot of times we get it wrong. We can get it right sometimes, but Elijah was getting it wrong. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Well, that wasn't true. God was using him. You know, the, the great thing about God is he doesn't do life in the rearview mirror. He takes us forward. So then he laid down underneath this bush and he did what? Fell asleep. He was physically exhausted. Now here's the beautiful part. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. You know, oftentimes when we get depleted, discouraged, depressed, anxious, down, we think we've disappointed God. God is so disappointed in me. I didn't achieve this. I didn't achieve that. I blew it with that sin again. I messed up. Why do I keep doing that? And Elijah was exhausted. He fell asleep. And when God touched him, it wasn't God touching him with this laundry list of, Elijah, why didn't you do this? Elijah, I told you that. Elijah, I told you this. Oftentimes in life, we think God's going to touch us and just reprimand us. That's not God. God touched him and he said, get up and eat. God nurtured him. He sent an angel to him to love on him, to bring him some food. You know, when we get down and depleted, things like being here or listening online right now, even if you're not here in person, maybe you're on our YouTube channel or maybe you're watching Facebook Live right now, you are getting up and you are eating. You are going to a place of nurture right now and that's a healthy step, so well done because God is at work and so that angel touched me and said, get up and eat. Do you know I found in my life that fear is a pathetic enemy? I, most of my childhood, I lived in fear. 
When I was born right here in San Antonio, my eyes were cross-sided. They were together in the middle. I had a surgery on my eyes at the age of two. My parents had, my dad had got out of the military. We went to Michigan where we lived. I had a surgery. I had, I had terrible eyes. I did not have good coordination. I had a bad stuttering problem. I lived in fear in the second grade. They wanted to do an experimental surgery on my eyes at the University of Michigan because I only used my right eye. My eyes didn't work together. They saw independently. And so I had this surgery. I saw double for two weeks. It was horrible, especially going to the bathroom, okay? So you can just imagine that. So my mom's like, Corey, sit down, okay? So... You know, I was struggling as a kid. And finally, after two weeks, I, I was finally able to go back to just using one eye. And even to this day, I just use one eye. I was bullied. I was picked on a lot. But my grandma, who I lived next door to, she was my safe place. She understood me, you know. I'd go to her house. She'd give me a rocking chair and some cookies, okay? So, but my grandma, she would whip me, she, but she would believe it. She would build me up. She was my rock. Then all of a sudden, my family decided to move back to Texas. And I, had to, and I said, I don't want to go because I don't want to leave grandma. And so I got here to Texas, and life was really tough for me as an elementary school kid. I had a lot of pain. I was bullied a lot, and I didn't want to be here. I wanted to be with my grandma, but no one understood me. But God understood me. And as a child in a lot of pain, living in fight or flight mode, I, I, I would go and get outside. And this is where God met with me. I'd get all my Hot Wheels cars and I'd make cities in the dirt and I would dream. And little did I know then, I only discovered this in the last year or so, that that's when God was meeting with me. Saying, Corey, I'm right here with you. You know, God is meeting with you and has been meeting with you in periods of your life. We just have to reflect back and see where he's been meeting with us. Because God's desire that we experience real rest, but hopelessness is what truly kills. What do the enemy want to do? Continue to keep his hand on Corey. Well, I became a teenager, and when I became a teenager, I pushed all the other stuff, all the pain deep down, and I became cool. I built hot rod cars and raced them. And, and, and you know, I, I left my childhood behind me. But what I didn't deal with was the pain that I had pushed down. And not until, actually, I began a journey eight years ago of learning more about myself and the rest that I needed in my life. God put me on a journey to rest. And I actually went to, I, I, I knew that from August 2014 to August 2015, my assignment was to learn more about me. See, I had no idea. I had all this pain as a kid and to push all this stuff down. Third grade, it took me five minutes to say my third grade teacher, Mrs. Miller, because I just couldn't get it out. One day, I just went back to my desk with my head down and started crying. And she says, Corey, come up here. You don't need to say my name. I said, thank you, you know, because I can't say it. But God delivered me from all those things, and he will never waste a pain or a hurt in our life. He will use it. In your life, he'll use it in my life. And believe me, no one needs Jesus more than me. We all have things that we need healed from in our life. And when we seek rest and pursue rest, God begins to do a deeper work inside of us. I met with this pastor, this pastor of all the counseling at Gateway Church. And I said, ask me questions. I need to learn more about me. And so I asked him, he asked me questions. What do you do as a hobby? And I'll get to this in physical rest. And I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to come back to that hobby in just a minute. But the sacredness of rest remains even when we refuse to acknowledge it the need to break away, for the body to have periods of rest is rooted in our anatomy. 
And here's the important thing is healing occurs when we allow ourselves the time, the space, and the grace to be in the presence of God in the middle of our busy lives. Yes. You get busy, just start speak, just speak the name of Jesus out loud. Ask him, God, bring your presence over me right now. And sometimes the hard places have to be broken before we're willing to let others in. Well, let's look back and let's look what happened in Elijah's life in 1 Kings chapter nine. We'll read verse five again. He lay down under this bush and he fell asleep. And then all at once an angel touched him and he said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head, look at this, was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Wow, it wasn't the ravens bringing him food then. God brought him food. In the midst of his struggle, in the midst of being down, in the midst of feeling like a loser, God says, get up, you still got it, I'm still with you. He's not beating him up. Oftentimes in life, we feel like we have to earn God's pleasure. We don't have to earn God's pleasure, you be you. Because God is forward focused. He doesn't have this laundry list of our past mistakes and mess ups that he's gonna hold over our head. He says, get up and eat. He brings us food. He wants to nurture you. Strengthened by that food. Of course, we, we back up above that. And, and then it says, he ate and drank in verse six. And then he laid down what? Again, sound like a good afternoon, right? We get up, we eat and drink, we lay back down again. How many of y'all like to do that this afternoon, okay? So, well, maybe you should because sometimes, as I said last week, the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Get still. Somebody think, I'm getting still this afternoon. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Now the angel's back again, touched him and said, get up and eat. God brought us some more food. And no, to Elijah's surprise, he didn't beat him up. He didn't do any of that. So he gave him some food. Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Oh, God wants Elijah to keep moving forward. Guess what he wants us to do? Keep moving forward. We have a loss, we have a letdown, we get down to discourage, get up, because the journey in front of you is it's gonna require some strength and I'm gonna give you that balance you need. See, that's what God is saying to each and every one of us today. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Must have been a really good energy drink, right? And meal. Okay, and he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. We're gonna break this experience in the cave down next week when we talk about the gifts of rest. You're not gonna wanna miss it. You're gonna wanna bring someone with you. Rest causes us, and here's the important thing. Rest causes you to be still and see God. God wants you to be still and seek him. He's right here with you. No matter what your past looks like, no matter what people tell you, God wants you to be still and seek him because he has a great plan for your journey. It calls for us to look deeper at ourselves and our surroundings. It, it forces you to stop. And we often view life as, as looking through a window of a fast moving car. But when you get out of that car and you walk, you begin to see so much more around you because rest is not simply pushing the pause button like we so much think on our day. It's not merely taking a break. Here's what rest is. Rest is about replenishing. It's about remodeling. It's about restoring. It's about renewing. It's about recovering. It's about rebuilding and regenerating. It's about repairing. 
Now notice each one of these words start with the letters R-E, re. Rest begins with a prefix re because it requires us to go back to a prior state. You rested really good when you were a baby. Scientists will say, and people that have studied the anatomy in the body will say, we're born breathing the right way. We're born breathing with our stomach. We breathe in with our stomach and we let out with our stomach. But once we begin to face the stresses and pressures of life, now we begin to breathe with our upper body and not with our stomach that helps us rest and get full breath. So later on, just experiment. Try breathe, taking a deep breath and breathing with your stomach. Just try it right now. We forget, but you watch a dog breathe. The dog will breathe with his stomach every single time. That's just bonus that wasn't in the notes, okay? But it will help you rest when you do that because we need to take that breath. It's going back to a prior state. Here's a cool thing about rest. Rest is a second chance. Rest is a second. How many of y'all could use a second chance besides me? Yes, we need that. It's an opportunity to put back in order anything that is shifted out of alignment with God's best because rest will win every battle you initiate with it. It will win every single battle. And we see that there's a deficiency that can occur when we're deficient in some of these areas of our life. Even getting here today and participating in the service, you've used seven types of rest just getting here today. You've used physical rest, mental rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest, social rest. You've used sensory rest and creative rest just in getting here. And our bodies, they need these types of rest. We omit any one of these and we get out of balance and we'll feel the consequences of that. Well, you know, Elijah's life was simply like a mirror to our life. And I love this. Elijah, see, he was created to run. Elijah was created to run. Well, we're created to run. God gives us energy and a purpose to run. But now also what we've got to see is Elijah had to rest because we can't just go, go, go all the time and keep going. It just doesn't work like that, right? You know, it doesn't. We need to rest. And Elijah, now God's teaching Elijah another level of rest. Well, God, this is the same way God works in us. It's a continual circle. Next week, we're going to add in the next. Yes, it's our word next week. And we're going to see this is a continual cycle. Run, rest, And next week, we're going to share the other R word that is so important for this cycle to continue. And each one of these will be equal in value. So let me ask you, what kind of tired are you today? What kind of tired are you today? Because we can either make time for rest or rest will take the time it needs. We're going to end up being hit with something and slow down. In this year that God wanted me to rest and seek him, because I don't do slow, slow very well, and I am definitely a slow learner. Anyone else a slow learner in here? Okay. I went up and visited with this doctor, this, this pastor of counseling, and he said, what were your hobbies, Corey? And I said, well, oh, oh my greatest hobby is running. He goes, running? I said, yeah, running. He goes, that's not a hobby. I said, what? And he goes, that's work. I know, but, but, it, but I, I like it. He goes, you got to choose another hobby because you, and I was running too much. And, but rest, it simply comes from the word procreate. I'll talk about that some next week. We have to recreate ourselves. Well, a hobby helps you recreate yourself when you get your mind off everything else. 
So what happened? I didn't learn very well, so I ended up with a muscle injury on my left leg and a torn ligament above my knee in 2015. I'm saying, God's supposed to be my year of rest. And he goes, yeah, Corey, that's what I've been trying to tell you. So rest was catching up to itself. I had to rest then because I couldn't get out and run. But God, that's when God did his deepest work inside of me, and he will do the same thing in you when he gets your attention. But hopefully, you won't be a slow learner like me. But in the book that I read on, on my sabbatical, Bonnie and I read this book by Dr. Dalton Smith um, called Sacred Rest. And you can get it online. I'll talk more about it next week. It's a powerful book. She unfolds seven super important areas of rest. And we're going to define a few of those together today. We're not going to get to all seven. Maybe we might, but if we don't, then you're going to see it on our toolbox. I'll talk about that later, but also I'll recap some of them next week. So let's just jump into this. And matter of fact, I want to encourage you, if you don't have our toolbox, will you, will you just go to your phone and write it down or take a picture of the, of the screen here? Uh, text TOOLBOX to 210-817-8121. We're going to recap all of our notes from today. You can, you can go back and you can listen to messages. You can have some talk back questions with some friends, see some cool links on there. But it's a way for you to go back and study and soak your mind in some of these truths that we so much need in our life. Because I believe God wants to do a huge work in each and every one of us. Our toolbox comes out every Sunday afternoon between 4 and 5 p.m. So this first area of rest that we're going to talk about is physical rest. It's one that's so hard for us to be balanced in. When you lay down and you just get still. There's an active form of rest as well. The body tells its story in stillness. You ever had this time where you can't quiet your mind in stillness when you know, you're just physically active and you lay down and your mind is still going? It's because in stillness, we recognize when movement is no longer serving us well. And we need to get still. And the body knows when there's an imbalance. We may not always know, but our body knows. We just refuse to trust it. But you gotta trust God's work in your body because in the stillness, we're gonna fear what we're gonna find. So we don't wanna get still. We just keep going to the next thing because if we get still, we gotta deal with our stuff. I had to get still to unpack the pain I had in my childhood and get some healing. And I'm still learning, believe me. I'm still learning and growing through it. But here's some, here's some tips for some active forms of rest, because active forms of rest, you can practice dynamic stretching, and you can take a picture of this exercise, a soaking bath. So I know some are thinking, man, okay, I'm gonna take a soaking bath tonight. Prayer walk, just going on a walk and listening to some, some worship music or the Bible, you know, um, and just talking to God. Just go on a walk and talk to God just like he's right here with you. Stretching poses, you know, those things, when you stretch, your body begins to heal itself and blood begins to flow. Our muscles need to stretch. And that actually rests, it helps helps you think clear, believe it or not. But those are forms of active rest. So let me ask you again, how many of you could use a little more calm in your life? Yes, we could, you know? And we gotta know this, time out is not always a punishment, okay? Some of y'all think, I wish I could be in time out today, <laughs> away from these other things, you know? It's not, we need to get still. Here, here's some tips for um, inactive physical rest, okay? An active physical rest, practice body fluidity. What's that? Okay, take your hands and just squeeze your fingers like this. 
That's body fluidity. You're getting your joints and your, your things circulating. You're opening yourself up. Curl your toes right now. You can't see my toes, but I'm curling them right now, okay? That, that's body fluidity. Give stillness a purpose. Man, get still for a reason. And then it says, prepare. Prepare for sleep is another tip. So Bonnie and I, the, the best investment we ever made was last fall, we bought a zero gravity bed, okay? And we're like, we're at nighttime. We're sitting on our, our love seat, which is another great investment. Our, our middle daughter, always called it the kiss couch, okay? So we're sitting on the love seat, watching a show or something. We're like, let's go to zero. Yeah, we let's go to zero. We go to zero. We talk, we visit, we pray together. Before we go to sleep, prepare yourself for sleep. We need that in our lives, and God will use it in a huge way. Bonnie and I went to Disneyland in June with no kids. It was amazing. So because of that, we had periods of rest that we built in. So check out this ice cream tree. We had an amazing ice cream. We got still, okay, when our kids would have been wanting to be in a line, and we had this amazing treat together, being still and enjoying one another. We need that. We need physical rest in our lives. We need mental rest. How many of y'all could use some more mental rest? Okay. We need that, that quiet cerebral background noise, you know. As important as it is to rest your body, it's equally important to quiet your mind. We've got this ongoing influx of content, content, content through text messages and social media and emails and all these things. Utilize the little airplane mode on your phone. And cut yourself a break because it will help you slow down this mental content coming in your mind because it will exhaust you. And here's how you know when it starts, when this mental content is exhausting you, you get mind fog, okay? You get lack of focus. You get increased mistakes in your life and yet poor memory recall, a decreasing the ability to solve problems. And, and then, then we get this, then we're in this mental rest deficit. So we find ourselves waking up in the morning and we caffeine, right? I like coffee, so I caffeine in the morning. You know, but then by the afternoon, because our mind works best in the morning, by afternoon we're dragging some. May I tell you, it is a marketable place today for energy drinks. We, we, we need more stimulants in the afternoon, right? Why? Because our minds are dragging it. So we caffeinate in the afternoon. I like going to Starbucks about three o'clock in the afternoon. I like the caffeine and a pint coffee and stuff. So Bonnie says, if you had coffee again, oh yes, how'd you know? Because I'm always moving, okay? So, but we, we, we do that. Unfortunately, every trip up the roller coaster has got to come down. So, this picture, so Bonnie and I are on the Incredicoaster. Before the Incredicoaster, we're all calm and everything, you know? This is nothing but a thing, and our minds are calm. But then we go up the roller coaster, and then we're coming down, and look at the next picture here. Now we're a little freaked out. That was a staged picture, but it was fun, okay? So we knew where the camera was. But this is how we end up being a lot of times when we're not resting the way God wants us to rest. So if left unchecked, mental fatigue can turn into depression. So here are some tips for that because we need these tips in our life. Some tips for mental rest. Time block, a low-yield activity. Take yourself in 30, 60 minutes of time. Do that. Meditate. Choose a characteristic of Christ. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. Choose a characteristic of Christ and focus on that in and throughout your day. And watch, get a promise of God and focus on that. And watch how that will help you. And then 
create a mental sanctuary. In other words, create a place that's simply a place of refuge, a place of safety. Maybe that's your back porch. I, I like to water my grass. Well, I don't say I like to. I like green grass, okay? But because my backyard is my, is my mental sanctuary, I get out there alone with God, and I don't want to get out there alone with God and look at crunchy grass, okay? I want green grass. I got the water bill to prove that I have green grass, okay? But we need to create these things in our life. Philippians 4.8, Paul says, think about things that are true, things that are pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and we need some emotional rest. This is another tank we have in our life. We need to acknowledge our current truth. All too often, we get comfortable behind our emotional walls. But we just need to be real. Are you tired of acting like things don't bother you anymore? Things bother us. We deal with stuff in our life, you know? And we could be struggling in marriage or with our kids or with the fear of disappointing someone or financial struggles. We experience emotional rest when we no longer feel the need to perform or meet external expectations. We need that in our life. So where are you expending emotional energy? Look at that. Well, well here are some tips for emotional rest. Simply be emotionally aware. Cease comparisons and risk vulnerability. Risk vulnerability. Get around some people because when you get real, you get healed. It's the way God designed it. That's why he says in James, confess your sins, your struggles to one another so that you may be healed. When we talk about stuff we're dealing with, we talk it out and we feel better. Be emotionally aware. Be in tune with how you're feeling and quit comparing yourself to other people. You know, we need spiritual rest. This is a foundation. We're going to wrap up with this in just a minute. We're going to come right back to it. But simply enter into your personal sanctuary, your rest place. We need that in our lives. A place of refuge and a place of safety. Wow. Are you tired of your pain? Are you tired of unhealed wounds? Because Jesus tells us to come to him. Look at these tips for spiritual rest. Simply explore, explore a relationship with Christ. He's right there for us. The most important relationship in our life is a relationship with Christ. And connect with God regularly. Take some steps for that. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? He doesn't say, and I'll tell you what you need to do, and I'll get you straight, and I'll talk down to you and tell you why you're such a loser all the time. He says, come to me as you are, and I'll give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you, and we'll take my way upon you. Take my best upon you and learn from me. Because Jesus was our greatest role model. He role modeled everything he wanted us to do. Wow. And we need some social rest in our life. We need to find solace in another because every life is a story. Your life is a story. It's a wonderful story. It's a book in the making and these stories connect through your interactions at work, at home, and at play. Your story's at work right now in this very room, and social rest reconnects us to uplifting, rewarding relationship exchanges. We get around some positive people. Do you know it takes 10 positives to offset one negative? If we find ourselves surrounded by negative people, 
still be their friend, pray for them, but find some positive people. Because we need that, not positive, not perfect people, but people that are saying they're doing their best to follow and discover God's plan. Isolation and loneliness are the two most common forms of social rest deficit. If the devil can get you alone, he's won a victory over your life. We gotta get around other people. When you build a fire in your fireplace, you don't separate all the wood out and try to light the fire. What do you do? You stack the wood. Then the fire gets hot when we get around other followers of Christ. Now, again, not perfect people, people that are messed up just like you. God uses your story in their lives. He'll use their story in other people's lives because that's how God designed it to be. We're created to need him vertically, which is our most important relationship, and need one another horizontally. We need that. Here's some tips for that. Prioritize face-to-face. Prioritize face-to-face. We need face-to-face connections in our life. And listen and learn. Don't just listen, listen and learn. And nurture your need to connect. And here at Crosspoint, we give you opportunities all the time to connect with people. You heard Ms. Faith share uh, about KCCP. Our purpose here at Crosspoint is to reach seekers and build believers for the kingdom of God. And we have a bling event, a women's event coming up on August 7th. Uh, um, and it will be a great time to connect with people. Next Sunday, we'll do lunch. We'll, they all have lunch in the coffee shop. And then uh, they'll go into the warehouse and have a time of encouragement with one another. And then we even have vintage for as my group, it's the 55 and older group, has an event on uh, August 9th, a couple days after that. But, but get our church app if you don't have our app. Go to your app store, put in Crosspoint 247. Our app will pop up and it will bless you because we need that. Real rest is active, restorative, and it is relational. But let me ask you right now, how are you doing with real rest? The other two we'll have on the toolbox. We'll go over them through them next week. So I'll leave you hanging. So you want to be back next week. But, but, but now let me ask you, how are you doing with real rest? How are you feeling? For me, I was, a, I, was a, I was a mess growing up. I wasn't restful. I grew up going to church. My mom was pregnant. With, I went to church nine months before I was born because my mom was pregnant with the church, okay? I had all the church things growing up, but I didn't have that relationship with Jesus locked in until later in life. It wasn't until I was walking down a gravel road in Georgia, Thanksgiving Day, 1985, that I locked in my relationship with Jesus, that I realized my way wasn't working and I needed to choose his way, that God loved me just as I was in myself and my humanness and my brokenness with my struggles with sin and life and, and God loved me just the way I was and I prayed this prayer of faith and I gave my life. I just said, Jesus, I need you. Come in and forgive me my sin. I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I felt this presence come over me, come into my life. I went home, told my pastor, hey, I'm a Christian now. I need to get baptized. He's like, what, Corey? I thought you were already Christian. I said, no, sir, I wasn't, but I am now. He goes, okay. Baptism is one of the next steps in following Jesus. We have that coming up in a few weeks as well. But you know, when God created us, He knit us together in our mother's womb. But when he first created Adam and Eve, we read in Genesis, he created us in his very own image. What does that look like? So God created Adam and Eve. He put them in this place called the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, there's only one bad choice. Can you imagine life on earth with only one bad choice? We like to think we never blow it, right? Well, why was there one bad choice? He said, just don't eat fruit from this tree. Everything else is cool. 
What did they do? They ate fruit from the tree, so everything wasn't cool anymore, okay? Or what was not broken by sin? Why was that one bad choice there? Because God wanted Adam and Eve, and he wants us to choose to love him back. Just like we don't want to have to make anyone love us, right? Don't elbow anyone next to you. We don't want to have to make anyone love us. We want people to choose to love us. Well, why do we feel that way? Because God does. We have emotions. We feel sadness. We can laugh because God feels all those same emotions. But yet our world was broken by sin. They couldn't be in God's presence anymore, but God had a plan. God assumed responsibility for their sin. Sent his son Jesus to die a, a painful death on the cross and, so, and come back to life three days later so that we would have an opportunity to have our sins forgiven and have an eternal relationship with our creator. God, God sent Jesus to restore us. Isn't that good news? But let me ask you right now, where are you at? Maybe you grew up going to church. Maybe you didn't go to church at all. Maybe you're sitting here right now and you're unsure whether you ever locked in that relationship with Jesus. Well, we can lock that in right now because Jesus tells us in Revelation chapter three, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, what's the door? It's our heart. And the doorknob's only on one side. It's only on your side. You're the only one that can open up the door of your heart and let Jesus come in. Why? Because God's not a pushy God. He wants you to choose a relationship with him. And when we do, he'll come and live inside of us and he promises to never leave us. We can't do anything to earn our salvation, so we can't do anything to lose it either. Isn't that good news? Paul says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Jesus said in Revelation chapter three, and I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. In other words, he'll come and live inside of us and get to know us, commune with us, help us to be forward focused, help us to see what real rest looks like. It, it is obtainable. It doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not gonna sin anymore, struggle, but you're gonna be in a restful state where you can learn and become all God wants you to be, and you can do that. But where does it begin? With locking in that relationship. Let's bow our heads together right now. If you were to die today, you don't know where you'd spend eternity. If you're unsure of whether or not you've ever came to that place and locked in that relationship with Jesus, I want you to join me in the simple prayer of faith. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Nothing magical about the words. It's simply about believing. Because when you believe, when you receive, God will come in. Jesus will come in. He will never leave you. So that's you right now and you want to lock in that relationship and know from this moment forward, you are heaven bound and no, no one can tell you differently. So we pray this. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you're alive. And I ask you to please come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for a fresh start. As much as I know how, I completely surrender my whole life to you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for a second chance, for a fresh start today. And as we continue in this mode of prayer right now, if you're already a Christ follower, talk to, talk to Jesus right now. He's in the room and share with him a pain or a hurt. Ask him to open up your mind to what a next step is in your Christ following journey. But as we're in this mode of prayer for a moment, 
If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time or, or, or knowing that today I locked it in because I wasn't sure if I'd ever locked in that relationship in this mode of prayer, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you right now. Just raise your hand. If you locked in that relationship, I see, I see the, if you locked it in, just hold your hand up. Lord Jesus, thank you for those that today, either online or here in person, locked in that relationship with you. God, may they know that they are eternal bound. They are heaven bound in you and your presence is in them to help them identify their next step in their Christ following journey. And God, and we celebrate that. God bless us all as we follow after you the best we can. In Jesus' name, amen.